Blog Talk Radio. There's a direct relationship between having the businesses and being in prison. Go find an, see how many Asians you can find in American prisons. They ain't going to be in there. But 51% of your prison will be black because you don't, blacks don't have any businesses and industries. There's a direct link. Blacks won't practice group economics. Blacks won't practice group politics. If you don't practice, you're setting yourselves up. I told that five-story building. you set yourself to get wiped out. Understand the nature of race, which is economics. If you, if you build the first floor, it's economic. Build your businesses and your industries. Control buildings and industry, and put that pools in your money. And hold that money. And, it's a, and practice group economics <clears throat> with it. Arab and Asian money bounces 12 or 13 times for at least. Jewish money bounces 18 times. Black folk got to learn how to practice group economics. Black Americans spend every penny they get outside their own community. Then you take the money and the wealth that you get from that first floor and go to the second floor. The second floor is politics. You then take that money on the first floor and you control your politics. Black folk must quit allowing people to tell them to go out and vote. Vote for what? Nobody's going to do anything for black folk in politics. Politics is controlled by money. Major corporations who got the money. That's what controls politics. If you have no money, you have no say-so, you have no benefits coming. So you take your money and you control and you take your money on the first floor, you buy every politician on the second floor. And any politician you can't buy, you rent or lease them to get what you need. Then once you get the second floor under control with the politician, with your money, then you go to the third floor. The third floor is then is the police department and the court system. You take your money from the first floor and your politics on the second floor and you control the court system and the police department. Then the fourth floor, you t- the fourth floor then is media. You then take the money that you generate off the first floor from business and industries, <clears throat> and you go after radio stations, TV stations, newspapers, and cable systems so that you can now inform and communicate with your own people. Right now, <clears throat> black folk only control less than 35 thousandths of 1% of the media in the United States. Out of 12,000 radio stations, black folk own about something like about 75 or 80. That's all. You own no cable systems. You don't have a daily newspaper. You have nothing of importance. You don't. You got about one black TV station. And you, so you can't communicate with your people. You can't inform your people. You can't do anything. You can have Rush Limbaugh and all the rest of the guys talking about racism all day long and bad-mouthing you and O'Reilly. They can talk, call black folk all kind of names all day long. What are you going to do? You can't respond. You can't even communicate with your own people because you, you don't have an economic base. 51% of all the prisons in the United States are black people. You know, even though you only make up 12% of the population. That's no accident. It's because you don't control the economics and the politics. And they're going to go after the weakest people they can get their hands on to incarcerate. That's the black folk. And what are you going to do in response to them when they, when they, over, when they, when they over incarcerate you? You're going to go out and have a march or demonstration. We're going to march. March for what? Who cares? Marches never changed anything. If white immigrants can come to this country 50 years ago with nickels and dimes and no education and come here and pool their little nickels and dimes and no education and set up little stores, develop these stores into larger stores, develop this into an industry which creates job opportunities for whites. Since Lincoln was supposed to have freed the black man 100 years ago, and today the black man, according to the government economist, has spending power of $20 billion per year. We feel that with the black man spending $20 billion a year, not setting up any businesses, not creating any industry, not creating any job opportunities for his own kind, he's not in a moral position to point the finger today at the white man 
and tell the white man that he's discriminating against him for not giving him a job in factories that he, has, he himself set up. If the black man has $20 billion, and these so-called Negro leaders are such geniuses that they can integrate white restaurants and integrate white factories and integrate, force themselves into that which the white man has set up, they should use this same ingenuity to show the black people how to pool our wealth and set up something of our own. And then we won't have to force our way into his anymore. One more thing I would like to point out concerning what he said about 125th Street. We don't waste our time on 125th Street, but you can reach more people in the street who want to change than you can in the bourgeoisie society, the bourgeoisie church, and the bourgeoisie circles. We, our program is directed toward the man in the street. So we spend our time in the street, and what we do with that man, instead of trying to change the white man in your mind and make, uh, make you accept us, we change the mind of the black man and make him accept himself. And as soon as he accepts himself, he'll solve his own problem. He won't be trying to force himself into your factory and into your bedroom and into your kitchen. All right, time for another installment of It's My House, and today's podcast is titled Men Boycotting Hashtag Me Too. The live stream number is 619-768-2945. Uh, once again, uh title for today is Men Boycotting Hashtag Me Too, 619-768-2945. Today is um, the second day uh, for the new Bill Cosby trial. Um, And yesterday, yesterday, uh, he was, I guess, some say confronted. Um, Some use the word attacked. Maybe confronted is a better word. But anyway, let's see. Anyway, one of the former... This woman's an actress. I think her name is Nicole. I forgot her last name, but I'll get it later. Uh, she's an actress, and I think Cosby hired her uh, for some work that he had did in the past. And yet, anyway, yesterday she she was topless and had you know paintings and writings on her back and chest and arms and all that. And lunged out at Cosby as he got out of his, uh, you know, SUV to go to court day one yesterday. She had to be arrested. There's videos of it on the internet. But anyway, so here's some audio from yesterday on it. Once again, today is, in, like I say, today's title is Men Boycotting Me, the hashtag Me Too.
I was really surprised he stood there and, and listened to me. And then I think he realized that uh, I wasn't stopping. I had a lot more to say, so I got on his walk. Because of him, there's a national campaign to abolish the statute of limitations for rape in America, nationwide. It's uh, called CASOL, C-A-S-O-L. Um, and there's also an online petition uh, to abolish the statute of limitations for rape in Pennsylvania that needs 2,000 more signatures for CARE 2. Um, uh, and because of him, uh, he's perpetuating a lot of the things that are, are cultivating and maintaining our rape culture. All right, so Bill Cosby's been made into the poster boy for uh, sexual misconduct or rape or whatever she said. Uh, today's podcast, once again, is titled Men Courting, uh, uh, Boycotting Westernized Women. Hashtag me too. Um, Bill Cosby's just one person in this. He said, I mean, there's a blowback. A lot of women don't realize there's a blowback on this. And it, it matter of fact, I got some audio here. Because Bill Cosby is just a high-profile whipping boy. And, you know, what's interesting about Bill's case, the the um, the defense, well, not the defendant, the plaintiff in this case, it, it's a criminal case against Bill Cosby. But the primary person that um, said Bill Cosby, you know, did whatever to her. What I find interesting is she and Bill Cosby, there was a civil suit that she instituted against Bill Cosby some years ago, and it was an out-of-court settlement. This woman received over $3 million from Bill Cosby. My question is, why is she back at the well? That's what I want to know. Why is she back at the well? 619-768-2945, that's the live stream number. If you got a question or comment, press 1. Uh, let's go to another audio um, dealing with uh, the Bill Cosby situation. A new firestorm surrounds Bill Cosby, but this time it's because of his own words and not the accusations of others. Cosby's confessions about drugs, sex, and young women in newly released documents are eye-opening and leave many feeling betrayed. Here's ABC's Lindsay Davis. Anything to say to your accusers, Mr. Cosby? It's a bombshell, 1,000-page deposition. In it, Bill Cosby describes the sexual relationship he had with Andrea Constant, who has accused him of drugging and sexually abusing her. Cosby describes one of their sexual encounters, stating, I don't hear her say anything, so I continue and go to the area that is somewhere between permission and rejection. Cosby describes the encounter as consensual, a romantic evening, dinner by the fireplace, complete with cognac. Cosby says, I walk her out. She does not look angry. She does not say to me, don't ever do that again. The sweeping deposition, taken over a four-day period at a Philadelphia hotel in 2005, describes Cosby's sexual encounters with at least five women, fueling an exploding scandal involving more than two dozen women accusing the legendary comedian of abuse. He flipped me over and sexually assaulted me. His behavior was like that of a predator. His testimony, published this weekend, was part of Constan's lawsuit, 
She accused Cosby of drugging and molesting her inside his home while she was employed at his alma mater, Temple University. In it, he says, I think that I'm a pretty decent reader of people and their emotions in these romantic sexual things, whatever you want to call them. In the deposition, Cosby's demeanor appearing almost casual to Constan's attorney, who remarked, I think you're making light of a very serious situation. Cosby replying, that may very well be. What we really got to see in this deposition was his attitudes towards the whole thing. He was even chastised by the opposing counsel for not treating it seriously. That's what's really going to hurt him. Never charged with sexual assault in any of the alleged incidents, Cosby settled the constant case out of court. A source close to the comedian told ABC News he did so to avoid embarrassment for himself and his family. Two months ago, I sat down with him for an exclusive interview where he refused to address the allegations directly. It's interesting. This is a, a situation that's unprecedented. My family, my, my friends, I have been in this business 52 years, and I will... I've never seen anything like this. And reality is the situation. And I, I can't speak. In a deposition, Cosby admits to obtaining drugs to provide to young women. The attorney asks, when you got the quaaludes, was it in your mind you were going to use these quaaludes for young women that you wanted to have sex with? Cosby answers, yes. Cosby stated he never took drugs or drank alcohol himself during these encounters, adding that he would offer those quaaludes to others the same as a person would say, have a drink. Cosby denies that he ever gave drugs to women without their consent. Tonight, Linda Kirkpatrick, who in January came forward to accuse Cosby of drugging and sexually assaulting her in the 80s, is speaking out. I didn't want sex from him, with him, about him, around him. Kirkpatrick was not one of the women mentioned in the deposition, but says she feels this is her I told you so moment. He was making a mockery of the whole situation and then, in my opinion, being coached on the sideline of what to say and how to say it. His futile efforts to hide his own testimony from the public have been unsuccessful. And now the truth is out and he's never going to be able to keep this secret anymore. Gloria Allred represents 17 Cosby accusers and has a pending civil suit against Cosby. We're interested in having him tell the whole truth. And I don't intend to stop until we get it. It's quite a fall from grace for the man once known as America's favorite dad. A nickname he earned playing the lovable father on The Cosby Show. My lips are sealed. <laughs> Mine too. His wholesome public persona translating into a famous endorsement deal with Jell-O. Mom, you know how the kids love Jell-O pudding. He was a philanthropist and strong advocate of civil rights. But this squeaky clean image was quickly shattered as the sexual assault allegations came pouring in. Bill Cosby was probably the most important African-American person on TV in his day. Along the way, he did a lot of good things, and all that is for naught now. You realize that the emperor has no clothes, and what Bill Cosby says and what Bill Cosby does have absolutely no correlation. There is no morality in this man, and so he can no longer make moral positions. At the height of his wealth and fame, the document paints the portrait of an intensely private man who demanded that his support staff sign confidentiality agreements. 
He also describes idiosyncrasies, like his collection of at least 100 sweatpants. Cosby admits to offering some of the women career advice in pursuit of sex, concealing payments through his agent, even asking one of the alleged victims questions about her father's death from cancer to get close to her. The storm of controversy has led to public scorn for the comedian. Cosby, now the butt of the joke, even at the Golden Globes. And into the woods, Cinderella runs from her prince, Rapunzel is thrown from a tower for her prince, and Sleeping Beauty just thought she was getting coffee with Bill Cosby. I put the pills in the people! The people did not want the pills in them! Now, with this recently released deposition, some are calling to revoke Cosby's Medal of Freedom. President Obama responded without naming the comedian. If you give a woman, or a man for that matter, without his or her knowledge, a drug, and then have sex with that person without consent, that's rape. I think this country, any civilized country, should have no tolerance for rape. As the controversy picks up steam, even old friends like Whoopi Goldberg. All of the information that's out there kind of points to guilt. Are rethinking their support. It looks bad, Bill. Either speak up or shut up, because people, people know now that there's a lot more out there than they thought. Cosby denied our request for an interview, but one of his lawyers told the Philadelphia Inquirer that the release of the deposition is a violation of the confidentiality agreement, adding, how that deposition became public without being court-sanctioned is something we are going to pursue and deal with very vigorously. There is no way to restore his legacy. You can't separate his achievements uh, from his dastardly acts at this point. It's a true lack of morality, and he will take that to the grave. For Nightline, I'm Lindsay Davis in Philadelphia. You know what's interesting, and once again, today's uh, podcast is titled Men Boycotting Hashtag Me Too, is <laughs> people are overlooking that these women knowingly knew that this man was married and had a family. They're ignoring that, at least in this current trial, that the woman that's officially accused him and it's got, you know, the court approved prove it, she received in a mutual settlement out of court over $3 million. It, it, now they're back in criminal court. That, that, it, read the definition of extortion. Um, I don't know, me too to me. Essentially, the way I'm, I'm interpreting it is, let me get mine too. You got your three million. Let me see if I can get broke off on something. Uh, and the, you know, the United States is hypocritical, puritanical nation, uh, full of closet freaks. Anyway, this, uh, the first trial, because we're on round, round two. And like I say, what's happening to Cosby now? It's happening on a wholesale basis to hundreds, if not thousands of men in courts from coast to coast here in the United States. Because his, his case is high profile. 
Because I'm looking at this whole thing with him is a shakedown. She got three million. She's trying to get more, and they found five what five other people. They're trying to get broke off too. I mean, it, it looks that way. Anyway, let's let's go back to the jury on part one of the, the in the first criminal case we caused. Those exclusive new details about Bill Cosby's sex assault mistrial. A juror speaking only to ABC, taking us inside those 52 hours of deliberation. This is a stunning account and revealing why the 12 jurors were ultimately unable to come to an agreement. ABC's Lindsay Davis has the story. From crying outbursts to intense arguments to a possible hand injury after one juror punched a wall, the 52 hours of deliberations inside a tiny room not large enough to even pace took a toll on the jurors in Bill Cosby's sexual assault trial, according to a juror in an exclusive interview with ABC News who describes the experience as grueling and emotional. The juror, who agreed to speak to us on the condition of anonymity, said two jurors prevented a guilty verdict. Ten of the 12 jurors agreed Cosby was guilty of two of the three counts against him, having a sexual encounter with accuser Andrea Constand without her consent, and giving Constand drugs without her knowledge to prevent her from resisting. But the juror also told us they were near acquittal on one count, that Constand was unconscious during the event. The vote, 11 to 1. When they first entered the room and took a non-binding preliminary poll, the jurors overwhelmingly said they thought Cosby was not guilty on all three counts of aggravated indecent assault. The juror says the holdouts against finding the 79-year-old entertainer guilty were not moving no matter what. Constance says Cosby drugged and sexually assaulted her at his home in 2004. He says the encounter was consensual. Although only one other accuser was allowed to testify at trial, more than 50 other women have come forward with similar accusations. Cosby has also denied those allegations. ABC News reached out to several other jurors who declined to comment. But the juror we spoke to tells us despite the fiery exchanges and intense pressure, the group of seven men and five women are now friendly and keeping in touch by phone and text. Lindsay Davis, ABC News, New York. This is really fascinating. Let's bring in ABC's chief legal analyst, Dan Abrams. Dan, always great to have you on this. But this notion that the jurors would enter that room, a non-binding vote, all of them saying not guilty, and then over the course of six days... 10 out of the 12 would decide guilty on two counts. Yeah, look, it's very typical for jurors to take a straw vote when they come in and say, you know, where does everyone stand? And everyone sort of raises their hands. That's part of the deliberation process, right? That's not a binding verdict. That's not a ruling. That doesn't happen until the verdict form uh, goes in. But what's astonishing here is that you had all of them saying not guilty, and then as the deliberation process went on, 10 to 2, I mean, this is out of a movie. Right. This is like, you know, 12 angry men the other, the, the other way. It's just it's it's I've never heard of something like this where the, where 10 of the 12 jurors apparently changed their minds to the point from where they were ready to acquit, prepared to convict by the end. Lindsay was reporting there it was a tiny room, not even room to pace, this juror apparently said. But, but fists into walls? I mean, this could come up again. Well, I, look, I think that you can expect the defense to file a motion and say, look, they were ready to, to acquit if the, the room hadn't been so terrible and the situation hadn't been so bad. Bill Cosby would have been acquitted, and therefore there should be no retrial. They're not going to win on that motion. They'll likely make it, uh, but that's not the sort of motion you win on. To win on something like that, you have to really show juror misconduct. And even when you show juror misconduct, typically what you get is a new trial. And Bill Cosby's getting a new trial anyway. 
So, really interesting, though, uh, this reporting yeah, on this. A peek inside that juror room. All yeah. right, Dan Abrams, always great Thank to have you, you here. Uh, thanks, Dan. All right, that's enough Bill Cosby for today because there are other examples out here which we're going to go do some audio on. Today's podcast is titled Men Boycotting the Me Too Movement. Like I said a few minutes ago, what's happening to Bill Cosby is happening to hundreds if not thousands of other men in the United States from coast to coast in various courts in the United States. Uh, here's another audio uh, to put in another view on why men or why some men are boycotting westernized women. You know, like I dated this girl one time. She was like really into like women's issues. So we used to always have these dumbass arguments. But so one time she came up to me and she goes, okay, explain this to me, Bill. Why does a guy make more an hour to do the exact same job, huh? Hmm? Hmm? I go, I'll tell you why. Because in the unlikely event that we're both on a Titanic and it starts to sink, for some fucked up reason, you get to leave with the kids and I have to stay. Yeah, that's why I get the dollar more an hour. No, think about it. If there's a house fire, it's always women and children first. I got to stand there with like the back of my shirt on fire going, let's go, people, let's go, let's go. So that's how I look at it. No, it's a dollar an hour surcharge. That if something fucked up happens, either I can't leave or I got to like get in the way of it to give you a head start, like rabbit dog, run, honey, one Mississippi, two Mississippi. You hear a bump in the night, I got to go check it out, like, yes, he does have a knife. Anytime there's a hostage situation, who do they negotiate for first? Well, at least let the women and children go. Well, what about me? Bullets hurt me, too. Why the fuck do I got to stay in the vault? No, that's my point, man. Where are all the feminists in those situations? You know what I mean? You can't find them. There are no feminists in a house fire. That's a, that's a guarantee. You could take the most hardcore feminist, some chick right in your face, like, he's chauvin' and take time of a bitch. Little short, little haircut, the whole nine yards, right? <laughs> Second those flames break out, she's gonna twist those little hairs into pigtails. No, I'm just a girl. I wanna go play jump rope. And leave you standing in a burning house like you're not flammable. <laughs> you know, but I'm not, I'm not a dick, though. I'm not, I'm not saying I think a woman should make a dollar less an hour to do the same job. All I'm saying is if you're going to make what I make when the boat sinks, you better be standing right there next to me, listening to that guy play the cello. Then you get the corner office. You get all the benefits or whatever. Now, this is a class A. I'm telling you a classic case of he said, she said. Shamika says, this man, Bobby's the father of a three-year-old son, Jalen. Bobby says, Bobby says there's no possible way he's the father. Shamika says she and Bobby were in a committed relationship. Bobby says Shamika was hardly more than a one-night stand. So only a paternity test is going to reveal who is lying, who's telling the truth. You're sure he's the father? Mari, I'm a thousand percent sure. Thousand percent. Oh, he's on his mind. 
pranked me at my house a couple months ago since he wants to lie. Really? Yes, he was. He was going up and down. How old? That's his son and all this stuff. It's all up to his ex. Whenever his ex is in his ear, oh. Say, oh, that's not your son. That's when, oh, that's not my son, Shamika. I don't want nothing to do with him. It's all because of the How'd you find out you were pregnant? Um, one day we were sexual, we were having our sexual intercourse, and Ooh. I was feeling sick. I didn't really pay no attention. A couple months passed. I went. I got in a bad car accident, Maury. I went to the hospital. Come to find out, I am eight and a half weeks pregnant. Right. I told him. Did you I was tell pregnant. him that? I sure did, Maury, and he was happy. He was like, "Oh, I hope it's a boy. I really want a son because he only had a daughter." Right. So when did he turn and say that he wasn't the father? Right after my son was born, after he spent the first two weeks with my son. Oh. So he just up and left? Up and left, Mari, and that's not the only thing. He comes back and forth. Whenever he's not with her, oh, if that's my son. Oh, I want to take care oh, when of him. He's not with my the son? Ex. How's my son doing? Oh, when, when yes. he's not with the ex? Yes. He thinks he's the father. When he's yes, with Maury. the ex, not. Yes, and, and he's not even the only one who thinks that my son is his. I even have family members of his that swears up and down. You my think, son you is think his. they look alike? Every bit of my son is his, Mari. Look. Mari, look. I miss Mari. Look. Everything is my son. My son has my lips. My son has his hair. His hairline. The only thing my son has with me is them lips in the color. Okay. That's all. So, since he hasn't been there for your son, your mom has filled the position. Yes. And, and your mother is sister. here, Kendra. Kendra, nice to see you. Kendra. What do you think of Bobby? What do you think of Bobby? He's a good dad. He is? Don't try to play my daughter as a hoe, because she's not. You think I'm... We might as well hear from Bobby, right? Yes. This is what Bobby said. I don't know anything about Shamika's baby. I don't know his name or when he was born because he's not my baby. I love babies, my babies, but not babies that aren't mine. I have strong Jamaican features, and Shamika's baby don't look Jamaican at all. When Shamika told me the baby was mine, I laughed because <laughs> it was impossible. We messed around a few times a long time ago. It was not enough to create a baby. There's no way I'll make Shamika my baby's mom. She's too much of a hoe. Bobby, will you please? Yes, You're Maury, supposed to you. have Jamaican family, right? Mm -hmm. hmm. There's no Jamaican there? Hmm. Nah. I never no, knew they no, had a look. I, no I never knew they had a look. I didn't know Jamaican had a look either. I, I, that's why we I all say got look. We all got look. What happened to you, bro? Say, do some You're ugly, cuz. You're ugly, bro. You're ugly, bro. You're ugly, cuz. Obviously, I wasn't ugly when you was between my legs.
Steve, dog. You're good. Sit from your seat. Bobby, when did you find out she was having a baby? Well, I ain't know. I ain't found out. I found out from the hood. Really? How you say that? How you know that? I'm a dog with them. How do I find out nobody that know you? That's how I know you. How do I find out for you, though? How do I find out for you, though? How do I find out for you, though? But you thought Chad don't do that. Bobby, Bobby, do you come in and out of their lives? Do you come in and do you come in and out of their lives? No, like no one saying not like that. No, no, nothing like that. We're gonna find out the truth right now. If you're the father, this is your only son, so you would take care of him, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah, you? I, take care, yeah I take care of my kids. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, here we go. When it comes to three-year-old Jalen, Bobby, you are not And there you have it. Murray Povich for the Trump. For the last 26 years that he's had that show on air, he's earned millions of dollars a year with shows like this with black people, white people, you have it. Jerry Springer, same thing. One more year other than Murray, uh, Maury rather, um, 27 years, same type of show. You fuse this in with Bill Cosby, and then we've done some other live stream podcasts right here where that Carnell Alexander out of Detroit, Michigan, single man, a woman while he was incarcerated, she put his name down with some government agency that he was the father of her child to get money out of the government, paternity fraud. She lied to the government to get money from the government, and then the government held him responsible. DNA came back. He was not the father. And then the court still stuck it to him. I, I think he's making some headway with that, but it's it's been over 10 years. So, and then there are countless of other stories. What it boils down to is this. There are men... I don't know what the number is. I don't know what the percentage is. There are men in westernized countries, western countries, that are boycotting westernized women. Because there are a lot of Bill Cosby's out there. And once again, I don't know whether he's guilty or innocent, but in this one case, look up the definition of extortion. On round two of the criminal case that he's going through right now, Cosby paid this woman. They had a signed, they have a signed agreement. He paid her over $3 million. So what's it doing in criminal court now? That he got paid $3 million. It sounds like extortion to me. Going to, and, that's how a lot of men look at the Me Too, or oh, hashtag Me Too movement. So what some men have done, because if you go on Facebook, there, there's, I mean, thousands of men, black men, white men, Asian men, Latino men, 
There are various groups. I know off the top of my head, I know of two groups, American men going to Mexico. Another group, and there's probably a few of them, but at least one I was associated with, um, with podcasts, uh, the late Charles Tyler, who passed away last year. Uh, the last time I checked that that uh, Facebook group, they had 16,000 people, mostly men, that are opting, leaving the United States to go to, well, not only Brazil, but you got, you know, all over the place. <clears throat> people going to Asia, people going to Africa, people leaving. And matter of fact, you got, I know people that live in uh, the U.K., they're tired of westernized women. They're tired of getting hemmed up in court. They're tired of all these double standard shenanigans. And they're boycotting women. And then you got women saying it was, there are no men around. They're no good. We're all a good men. Well, so that's why we're having this podcast today. Men boycotting hashtag the Me Too movement. Some men have just had it. The live stream number six one nine seven six eight two nine four five. If you have a comment, question, or what have you, on men boycotting Westernized women. Okay. Uh, and if you're in the studio, just press one, and then I'll let me know that you want to get on the on the thing, and we'll we'll catch you into the conversation. Let's go to the phone lines. Nine five four, your mic is open. Nine five four. Okay, wait a minute. Nine five four. Yeah, 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 we can hear you now. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you clear. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. How are you? Fine. Fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, your topic about. Boycotting, um, uh, boycotting, um, um, Me Too. I think that's the wrong topic because Me Too is always there. It's just, it's just that um, they changed the name. It's just the name change. Me Too is always there with the with the with the feminists. It's always there. The thing okay. is, it evolves. It evolves over time because you know feminists start, you know, back in the because you know I am forty years old, so it, it started back in the. Uh, 50s or whatever. Don't quote me on that because maybe I'm wrong about the date. But it just evolves, uh-huh. just like how uh, women evolve. So it's not a matter of men boycotting uh, Me Too. Is men boycotting women in America? Period. Men need to boycott them, which a lot of men are doing that right now because I know because I run an Asian group. I run an Asian and a black man group. So I know and they are flooding in these groups, even the pro-blacks, because most of the pro-blacks, they join the group undercover and they get into a relationship and they travel overseas. So the the, the, the name is not men boycotting um, uh, Me Too. It's men boycotting women, period, and dating. They're marching with their wallets. So... And with, uh, and with the Bill Cosby, and with the Bill Cosby thing, it's a shakedown of 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 men overall. It's not it's not no Donald Trump. It's nothing like that. It's a shakedown 
of men because men build society, build infrastructure and everything. Men build that, okay? So yeah. they use the woman to shake down the men because, okay, it all started with the white man, okay? I am not a pro-black either. It all started with the white man. The white men implement that program in the black community, you know, back then with the, you know, with the, with the, with the, um, what do you call it? With the child support. Well, I know and, like, um, uh, yeah, for, yeah, for child support or, uh, no, 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 not child support, but, uh, in order to get food stamps or welfare. Yeah, the food stamps, uh, the welfare. The, the, the man had stamp. to get out of the house. Yeah, the man had to yes. get out of the house. Right, the men have to get out of the house for the woman to get help. He can't live there. He can stop by or whatever, but he can't sleep there. And if they find out that he lived there, they can lose all their benefits. So the white right. men implement that idea, implement that, uh, that that system in the black community. And it works. And, you know, the black women gravitate to it and use it to their advantage, education and everything, Okay. So as mm-hmm. it goes yeah. over decades into the white neighborhood now, now it's spreading into the white in the white community now. So the women, the white men, women are turning against them. So they get a hold of the system that he implemented, and they're using it now on him. So it's a shakedown right. of men because the thing is, when the government decided to control people, right? They cannot control most of the men because the men will fight. And that's the reason why most of these white men, especially, they're buying guns and they're always about gun rights because they know the government will go rogue at some point. So the men will fight, okay? But the women will not fight. The women will, you know, comply and do whatever. So the thing is, men have the resource and men give it to women, the resource. The government saw that the men have the resource and the women stay home and, you know, the, the women spend its resource. So what they do, they flip it. They give more women power, and that's why they say black women especially are, you know, the most women in college and the most educated now because more black women have more college degree than black men, and they, got, they get more jobs with that affirmative action. So when they give the women more jobs and the men get because the men don't have the men don't get the same treatment as the women. So they give the men they give the woman more jobs and the men don't get that much jobs, they just get whatever. So the woman control the household in the black community. True. The woman control the household in the black community. So is the same thing applying in the white community right now. It's a shakedown of the men. Because they're trying to shape society. And that's why they always use this word, toxic masculinity. Because they want to control. And if you want to control, you got to start with a woman. To, to, tear down a, to tear down an empire, you got to start with the women. Go in and, go in and take the woman or, or breathe them or whatever. That's how you take down an empire. So that's, that's the whole thing right now. So it all started, you know, with, you know, with um, the, the feminist movement, and now it's the shakedown of men. So back in the 90s, remember, black men been, go, been going through this for a long time now with the sexual harassment and stuff like that. Look at Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson had that. 
Well, my brothers have been through that. Right. And no black yeah, man in Hollywood kid. leaves no black man in Hollywood leave with a clean hand. None. Is it a is it a your sexual is it is it your predator, sexual predator, or you're gay? Or you end up dying. Same thing with Michael Jackson, same thing with Michael Jordan where they had the the the, the, the three or the four MJs and one of their right. son, one of his sons died, Michael Jackson gets um sexual um, um molestation. So is the shakedown of men. The thing yep, is, if yep, you well, if you yep, notice, right. if you if you notice this Me Too and this feminist thing, they don't attack gay men. It's heterosexual men they're after. If you notice that, look at it. They don't mess you with know gay what? men. Very they it off their point. radar. Very good point. There's no gay, and there's plenty of gay men. Yeah, okay, they, 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 because the men, thing is, because they already, they because they already right. got gay men. The only men. ones that they, they shake down are the heterosexual men. Very good option. The heterosexual men, because gay men is on gay men is on their payroll already. You already feminized already. And the thing is, they can use the gay men as a foot soldier to do the heavy lifting. Okay? Gay men mm. do the heavy lifting for feminists. Gay men and black women. Black women have more testosterone than any other woman. So they use black women. Because mo- no- notice, the black feminists, the, the white women use the black feminists on the front line to fight the war. And then after they get, after the white woman get her resource, she kicked black women to the curb. Black women don't get anything. And that's what some of these sisters don't understand. That's why they don't understand. And right now, with you know, men going overseas, the more the, the community, the community that's affected by affected by that right now, is the black community because I've seen a lot of black men getting passport, going overseas, going to Colombia, going to Dominican Republic, going to Brazil. They are leaving. They are leaving. The numbers show, and most of them, they don't like most of them on social media. They don't put it on Facebook saying that they travel or they're in a, you know, interracial dating, whatever. They don't do that because they know if they do it, they get a backlash from black women. So they just keep it private. They keep their their stuff private. They put up travel or they don't put anything at all. But in the background, they're advocating to be in an interracial dating because they know what time it is. And the thing is, the 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 the, the pro blacks, they are out there advocating for you know black men and black women in a relationship. But at the end of the day, it's a body game because they because they tell mm. black women these lies because they're not saying that listen, you need to check your attitude and you need to um you need to check your attitude and you need to stop behaving like that because social media is laughing at you. When you acting like that, they don't tell them that. They tell them, listen, your attitude is okay. You don't need to change and none of that. So it's a shakedown of men. So Bill Cosby is the forefront of it. Everything is coming out now, but it's a shakedown of men from back in the days until now. They 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 they, they um they they're trying to change society. They 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 try to shape it. Even now, in the schools right now, they're saying they're trying to. 
you know, give girls more education than boys and saying that, you know, you can wear pink because they, um, they're feminizing the male. Masculinity is toxic, and masculinity is what builds society. So they're doing a shakedown of that right now. That's what they're doing. And most of these women, they would not call it out. Call out, you know, the, the, the because I'm, I, I heard most women saying that Me Too thing is a good thing and this, but the thing is, at the end of the day, yeah, most of the men, like, you know, the Weinstein and the, the, the Matt Lauer, you know, stuff like that, yeah, they do whatever they did, but innocent men that are getting caught up in this, in this, me too thing and woman still saying that it's a good thing. But the thing is most women won't tell a guy to boycott dating because they are still advocating dating for their grandchildren, their granddaughter and their daughter. They won't do that. Because there's resource mm-hmm. they want their the, the, the granddaughter to get resource from men, to get married, get houses. So they won't say that. They will try to say, you know, my daughter is not like that, is not like that, but all women benefit from feminism. All of them, they benefit from it. All. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because, like, even in the Matt Lauer case, and I don't know all the details in it, but, I, you know, I look at that as a shakedown, too. And here's why I look at that it's as a, a financial shakedown, because, number one, the woman in question, and I'm being polite, she really a skank. But the woman in question knew that Matt Lauer, we all know, if I know that Matt Lauer, everybody on this podcast knows that Matt Lauer was married to family. Everybody knows he did. She knew that in advance. She knew it in advance. And she decided to damn his wife. Talk about sisterhood now. She forgot about her sister and her sister's kids and had sex with Matt up several times with Matt Lauer and with, you know what, with the intention of shaking him down, and that's what she did. That's what she did. Listen, if she got, yeah, if you look, if, if you look, if you look at the panel, if you look at the, um, the, 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 the Today Show where Matt Lauer was hosting, check on the panel mm-hmm. now. Who is there? It's all women, right? You know, I haven't even watched it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. Check on check 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 on this TV panel. It's all women, and if there's a man there, he has to ha- he has to act like a lap dog. He can't say nothing. Everything he has to agree with the woman. He cannot disagree with them. He can't. He can't disagree. He's like mm-hmm. a robot. He was programmed to be there. So this is how it is. And the thing is, in this society in the West. They're treating women like children, and women are not children. At, at, at one side, they say women are independent and they're strong, and they can do anything and they can have everything. But when it comes to certain things, they treat women like children, like they can't do anything wrong. And women are not children. They're right, and they're this women. Thing, and this thing I heard this, and this thing I heard this lady say yesterday about. You know, women are getting raped. Listen, there's more men getting raped than women. That rape culture in the United States is no more. Is no more. There's no rape. There's no more rape culture in the United States amongst women. Men are being raped in jail. Men are being molested by priests and everything. 
There's also financial rape. Because basically, Matt Lauer got financially raped. Bill O'Reilly, he got financially raped. See, people don't like to hear that, but it's it's a mad shake now. Now, for the women that are listening to this podcast, the blowback on it is, uh, for the innocent women that are not shaking down men in one form or another, a lot of the good men that you, you say that are not out here, they're at the airport. <laughs> you know, they're at the airport. Yes. The flight. They're, they're in different, they're on different continents. I mean, it, I was, uh, last year I was, uh, me, myself, I was in, from Beijing, China, sitting right next to me on my right side was a guy from Norway. He had been traveling for three days from Norway because he's tired of the women in Norway. That's that's what I'm saying. Westernized women, you know, it's just not I'm a black not, thing. I'm, Westernized I'm women, like, right? look, go on YouTube. YouTube probably has more white channels of white men getting away from Western women because they're tired of getting disrespected, but it, but it's, financially but it's raped. Not, it's, it's not only it's not only that too. It's not only it's not only that too. Because it, it, the thing is, if you look, if if you look up in China, I think it's China. Don't quote me on that. I think it's mm-hmm. China. There's a city called Chocolate City in China. Ever heard of it? No, I haven't. I'm gonna look that up right now. Though. Yes, yeah, in China. If it's not China, it's Japan. But I think it's China. There's a Chocolate City in China where African men leave Africa and go to China. To, 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 to open business and procreate with those Chinese women there and own Chinese restaurants there, having kids with the Chinese women. So it's not only because most, 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 most African men are leaving the African women also because most of the African women over there, they advocate bleaching cream and hair weave also. Mm. So it's not only Western, it's not only... You know, American men or men in the Caribbean or whatever, I say that. African men also are leaving their women. Most, some of them, not all, but some of them are. Because if you take that trip from, like, that, the route that you take, I take that route too, from where I'm at to, to Beijing. And when you get to Beijing airport, the amount of Africans there going in. I don't know if you see any Africans there in, in, at the immigration. You see any? Yeah, I'm here, I'm listening. You know what? When I yeah, did I you see- there twice last year, I saw. Well, you're not going to see that many black folks there anyway. I saw probably total of three on two trips. Okay. But you went, you, you went to Beijing Airport, right? Yeah, Beijing Airport. Yeah. So when you went to the airport, did you see any Africans going through the immigration? Like I said, I, I, I probably saw a total of three on two different okay. trips. Okay, that was it. Okay, well I saw over I saw over over sixty Africans going through the immigration. Okay. So when I get back home and I was doing research why they're going in, um, Chocolate City in China, where all of them I'll you know established in, uh, yeah. business. That's in Japan. Now on the flip side of that. 
you do have Chinese men, uh, you know, setting up businesses in Africa. Matter of fact, you have Chinese men and Chinese right. women who are marrying Africans in Africa. That's, you know, the flip yes. side of that. Yes. Um, but so you're right about that. This, so the, the, the topic that you have, men boycotting Me Too, Me Too is not something that just come up. It's just, as you go, you just, it's just like you have a restaurant and a new owner buy it and change the name. It's always there. It's, it's a part of feminism. And they, you know, they figure out, listen, these men with these resources, we're going to flip the script, give women more jobs, give more women education, because a lot of men is not in college for every 100 women, maybe like, what, 20 men, you know, with college degree. So why not flip it uh-huh. like the woman? Because the women are the consumer. They consume more than men. Because if you if you buy a pants, if you buy a pants, a jean, you know, a pants, you're not going to buy any, any more pants for the year. Maybe next year you're going to buy another one. But the women, they buy, 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 buy. They are the consumers. And as long as they have the women in their pocket, they're okay. They don't care about men. And they use the women to shake down the men. And that's why they're advocating. Even though marriage is a bad thing now, financially, they're still advocating marriage. Say it's a beautiful thing. And when you ask them how men can benefit marriage, they say companion. That's all they do. That's all they say. Well, let me ask you this. It's what, companionship. What do you think, uh, because let, before I ask this question and building up asking this question, because like I say, you go on Facebook, where, as you well know, you got Facebook groups of westernized men, and just not American men. Uh, you got white, every race of westernized men, they're going, they're going out of the Western world into developing countries, and they're learning languages. They're learning languages. You got people learning Mandarin, Tlaagog, you name it. They're learning languages, okay? They're moving. Some move full-time, some part-time, some, you know, go back and forth. Uh, They are marrying because a lot of women think that these men are traveling for sex. They are not traveling for sex. They're traveling for culture. Uh, they're looking for uh, a mate. A lot of them are looking for a mate. A lot of them, right. have, I mean, I can't, there's a lot of them who have married and they have children and they're taking care of those children. Okay. They're taking care of they're those in children. Their lives. Yes. Okay. They take, so uh, what do you think? Uh, so that's how a lot of men are boycotting. And to make these trips now, to make these trips, you know, that's where the, boy, the, the use of the word boycott, you can use it, because instead of spending that money, to, uh, you know, to take a trip to China or Dubai or wherever, all right, it is not cheap, all right, that money that could have been spent on, uh, let's say somebody spends like three, $4,000 on, a, you know, a trip, all right, that three or $4,000 could be spent on a woman who lives in a Western country. But these men have decided, you know what, it's better for me to go ahead on and go on this long-distance thing and, and do it that way. Where do you think that the, the long-term repercussions are going to happen with women uh, and probably right here in the United States? Okay, let me answer your question about the $4,000. The $4,000 is a stretch. It's not that. 
because I can take a trip because I've been I've done it before. I can take a trip to the Philippines or Thailand with with just fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. You hear me? Yeah, with just fifteen hundred dollars because yes, you just you know oh, buy a that, ticket. That's fifteen hundred. All right. The point I was making. Listen. The point I was trying to make. Let's say fifteen hundred dollars. Okay. That fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. Is going look look at the boycott effect. Instead of spending that fifteen hundred dollars on an American woman, it's going into another economy. But continue on. Right, it's going, and the thing is, okay, it's it's a it's it's a it's a win win it's a it's a win situation when the when 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 men take their resources overseas because when you take your, your dollars overseas, it multiplies. Okay? Right, it multiplies right. overseas. So you can do more overseas because if you retire with $20,000 in the United States, say you stop working, now you have $20,000 in your account in the United States. By the end of the year, it's finished because you have to pay mortgage and pay whatever out of that. So when you get twenty thousand dollars and you take it overseas, that's almost a million dollars in their in their currency, almost. So you can live modest with that. You can, you know, because over there they advocate, you know, home cooked meal and everything, and electricity is cheap. So you can live out twenty thousand dollars if you home cook for what for the next five years, if you spend it wisely. So right. the, the 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 repercussion here in the United States with men going overseas. With this Me Too movement, I'm going to start from the top. All these men are getting shakedown with, you know, doctors and degrees and everything are getting shakedown in the workplace because of sexual harassment. These men are going to take their education overseas, and China is going to, China going to receive them with open arms. All these scientists, China, is, China want these scientists. China want these scientists to be in their country, to, to, to develop their country, because some of the best doctors are in the United States. And if these women are shaking down these men, they're going to take their stuff to other countries. They're going to take it over there. And that's the repercussion that's going to happen. And with the local level, with these guys on child support, most of them, as long as you are current with your child support, you can get a passport. And if you're current with your, with, with, you know, with your child support, you can get your passport and you can go over there. And the thing is, if you have a child, if you're paying $500 a month in child support in the United States and you have a kid overseas, that $500 can last for six months. You can see that kid for six months or more overseas. Mm. Well, so you're that's, right. that's, that's, bottom, that's, like that's the said. benefit because most men, more, I've seen that, you know, most of them are saying, especially the women in America saying that, and men too, saying that, but why would you go overseas to have a kid and then you're traveling back and forth and the, father, the kid doesn't see you? So I tell most of them, I say, listen, you're not seeing your child here anyway, so what's the difference? But you're still taking care of your child. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's either you take this one or you take that one. Which one do you want? Lose the, re- lose the resource or gain resource? Which one do you want? Which one do you prefer? 
And the thing right. is, over here, over here in the United States, to get a woman that's a ten, you have to you have to have money, a big house, maybe a, a, a fifty thousand dollar car or more or mansion to get a woman who is a ten. When you go overseas, you can get a woman who is a ten and over, no problem. No problem, and you and and the thing is, sometimes you just want one, but multiple of them coming to you because they want you. Yeah, to some people saying that you know because you know um, um, foreign men have money and stuff like that, but all all women want money, all of them. But is the quality, is the quality you get for your money, the quality. And man, another leaving thing is that, like, um, um, before we go to the next yeah. call, another thing is that um, a lot of westernized women are using the legal yeah. system to shake down men, whereas women this, in other cultures uh, are not doing it to the to the degree. So <laughs> it happens in this country. So it, Bill Cosby is just reflective of what's going on. Let's go to our next call. I'm gonna yes, keep because it's the forefront. Yeah, three uh, three fourteen. Your, line, uh, your mic is open. You know uh, <clears throat> that city in China is Guangzhou. It was set aside for African merchants to come to that country and have access to wholesalers. So you can call it what you want to. But it was nothing that was deliberately done in order to infuse black males into their country. Matter of fact, China detests black males. No, I wasn't. I, I didn't. I, I didn't say May that. I May I finish, please? May I finish, please? Japan does also. Matter of fact, when I spent time in Egypt, you see Japanese tourists and probably some Chinese too. They detest getting a tan. They have on these long sleeves that come all the way up to the shoulders, and they have a veil over their head so that they do not become tan. So uh, that's what you see there in China, in Guangzhou. It's a city where African migrants are buying wholesale items to send back home and flood African markets, African country markets in, you know, on the West Coast in particular, and probably also on the East Coast. And I don't know of any African men that's leaving the United States wholesale or African Americans leaving the United States wholesale to go overseas. Now, you may have a few. Well but I still contend that United I, I don't States know what the numbers are. I'm I don't know what the numbers are. I'm just saying if you look on Facebook as well as YouTube, like the Charles Tyler well, which is now the black man's option, that particular group has got like over sixteen thousand people. Or are most of those people going over to Brazil? No. Okay. No, and, and my wife is Ghanaian. My wife is Ghanaian. South America. I married a Ghanaian wife out of out of the Volta region in Ghana when my American wife died. I don't see no whole mm-hmm. bunch of African American males over there marrying African women. I don't, unless they've taken on a disguise. No, no, well, no. Okay, I'm the just thing going is, by the Facebook. Like yeah. You've got what, what you got the Facebook group in these Facebook groups now, the majority of people that you see in these groups have not made the voice. But there's a hardcore group in every one of those groups that I'm affiliated with that have moved over. Some have moved over permanently, some go back and forth, 
Some go when they can. And they're learning language, some are learning language or whatever. So it's the interest is there. And you do have some people that have left. Now, the numbers, I don't, you know, I don't know what that is. I don't know what's into the black population. It's, it's probably super small, but it's probably bigger than it was. Well, let me, let me tell you, ago. let me give you an example. In the Volta region, the stool set aside, and I may be off, it may be 30,000 acres, heck acres, or it may be 500. Right. I know of at least 500 heck acres that was set aside for okay. blacks in America. And I've got the map up because I was working with the person who was the representative from the U.S. He's passed now. He's dead now. And also another guy out of Ali, Brother Ali with the Dessert Club in Philadelphia. He knows of this. You have only about three to five black Americans that have built houses in this area. The land is free. The same thing okay, is another, it's another movement like that also in Kenya. And, you know, what are the other countries? Jamaica and Gambia said the same thing. And I think Zimbabwe or Robert Mugabe said the same thing. Black Americans, males, just ain't moving out of this country because and technically they're in the best place in the world that you could be. And in these countries, there's no social welfare whatsoever. And, uh, I mean, that's just the way it is. Okay, can well, I weigh in now? I like a place that, hold on, I like a place yeah. that don't have no... I like a place that has no government bailout. Because if I had my way okay. here in the United States, I'd take it all the way. Well, hold on, hold on, before I go back to you. Pianchi, now, you're a black American, I'm, I'm taking granted. Now, you say your wife, it, it, was your wife born in this country? She was, or she no, was my born wife has gone in. I met my wife, I met her, my present okay. wife is, uh, is uh, Ghanaian. Okay, all right, well. So you didn't you didn't marry American, okay? Andre back. No, well, my first wait, wait a minute. My first American wife was a girl that I grew up with in the neighborhood when we were ten and twelve years old, and I was with her until she passed away in two thousand and eight. Then I remarried, and then the girl woman I married was from you know in Ghana, somebody I had been uh, seeing. From my experience, well, when I went there, it wasn't dating or anything because you just don't do those things like that. You don't even approach the female, and you have to go through a rigorous task before you can even marry. In most general cases, traditionally, you can marry a female in those countries. Okay. Um, okay, back to, uh, back to state, Yeah, back to the statement that you said earlier that a lot of um, African American men. They're not going to Africa. Let me tell you something, brother. Afri- most African American men, they are most of them are not interested in Africa because I've been in the African group before. I just go in the group just to do research on Facebook, and Facebook is the place to be. You know where these men are. You know going in groups, and most of them say they are not interested in Africa. They go and they visit because I know a couple of guys. You know he only um he only um you know, date African women, and, you know, you go there, you know, probably twice a year, and they go have fun, and they come back to the United States. But most of black American men, they are not interested in Af- in Africa. You know what they are most interested in? There's a high concentrating uh, of black men going is in South America, the Latino community and the Asian community. That's where black men are flocking to, Colombia, 
Dominican Republic, like, you know, at least a month, I know five guys that go to Dominican Republic. Five guys. And that's where they, that's where they are going. I have, I have another guy that live in Dominican Republic that own a donut shop. So that's where they're going. Um, Asia and the Latino country. But the Latino countries are on top right now where black men are going because, you know, black men like a nice-shaped woman. So I wouldn't say Asia is at the top, but the Asia, Asian um, Asian um, countries, you know, is right there behind it because men are flacking, flacking over there. And the thing is, the reason why most of them are not flocking to the the, 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 the African continent to find one, because the thing is, most of them don't really want to deal with another black woman. Uh, most of them want a black woman, but from a different country. But over there, you know, most of them, you know, they have the bleaching cream and they have their hair weave as well. So that's where you that, that that's where you find it. But do your research on um age um uh, on um Latino countries because even a friend of mine in my in my village right now, he crossed the border. He lives in uh, Louisiana. He crossed the border into Mexico and he's finding himself a wife. They are engaged, well, you know, they're not married, about but the... they are engaged. You put so much emphasis on bleaching cream. Bleaching cream is a personal preference. It's not something that's demanded in some cases. Well, let me let me counter what you put out there. Uh I said before you you're making it sound that people people in these countries want to change their complexion from dark to to bright. You may have a few. It's a personal preference, but in some cases. Some countries, bleaching cream is outlawed because of the harmful effects that it causes uh, downstream. And some countries, uh, Zambia, for instance, uh, Gambia, that is, outlaws the stuff. I think Nigeria does also in some areas of Ghana. But some women do not go that route. They like who they are. Just like here in the United States, you have some people that like to go to tanning booth for whatever reason. But it's a personal preference is not something that's overly uh, taken on in these countries. And as, and as far as the hair is concerned, women have been doing things in their hair, interweaving their hair with all sorts of objects for millennia. So this idea that uh, weaving is something new, it's not something new. You can go into the temples of Egypt and you can see where women are applying uh, other hair uh, items in uh, their original hair. They're doing palming and so on and so on and so on. Okay, the reason why... The reason why... Hold on, Andre. Hold on, Andre. What's your take on women using the legal system to shake down men? How How you mean? What, in the United States? In the United States. Well, you mean as far as what's concerned, have they baby, then shake them down? Well, well, you know that you I have heard that going on. That going on. Somebody's got the. Oh, we got the. Oh, all right. Something's weird with the wall talk. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah, you. Uh, I have heard of that. Uh, well, women have a baby, and uh, well, like they made like fraternity fraud. That's one way. Yeah, they list. Uh, I had. Uh, they would list their somebody else's 
uh, another male's name in order to uh, extract money out of them, especially if the male is sort of prosperous. Yeah, I've heard of that. It goes on. Yeah. All right, Andre, back to you. No, um, back to uh-huh. what, what he said earlier that I emphasized on the, the, the hair weave. The reason why I talk about the hair weave because black men don't talk about, you know, hair weave with, you know, with American women over here because they get offended. So when black men come together in groups, they do talk about it. And they say hair weave is expensive because most of the money is going to hair weave. So most of them say if an African woman wearing hair weave, you know, that's a turnoff because African because most most of, you know, black women they wear the hair weave for, you know, weeks or a month and sometimes it smells. Because men talk about that, you know, amongst each other. And they say, you know, they keep it on for a month, sometimes six weeks and it smells after a while. So it's a turn off. So that's why I I, I stated the hair weave thing. The hair weave thing has been around for a long time. I, I understand that. But it's, a, it's an hygiene issue these days. And then, you know, it messed up the original, you know, hair that they have. Because if you've seen sometime on the Internet where they post, you know, on Facebook where they post, you know, a sexy, you know, black woman with Afro, a lot of black men gravitate to that because that's what they like. A, a woman with afro, you know, nice shape and everything. Black men go Google Gaga over that. So that's why I mentioned the hair weave situation because it's a personal hygiene in some situation because, you know, the weave is expensive and they keep it on for a month or two in some cases. So it smells after a while because they can't wash it and they can't take it off, wash it, and then put it back on. So that's what black men talk about. Okay, well, look, on that note, because my phone, I'm doing this podcast on my phone today, uh, and I, I usually have a charge it before I do a podcast, so I'm about running out of juice. So before I run out of juice on the phone, I thank everybody for listening, calling, participating. We'll be back tomorrow. Everybody have a good rest of the day.